This episode is sponsored in part by Thought Exchange, a proud supporter of NCSPRA and the School PR Drive Time Podcast. Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Stacia Harris, NCSPRA's Vice President, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. And I'm Ellen Boyd, Executive Director of NCSPRA. Welcome to our podcast about driving the narrative forward in support of public education across North Carolina and beyond. Thank you, Ellen, for co-hosting with me today. Our guest today brings some unique experience to his role as Director of Media Relations for Greenville County Schools in Greenville, South Carolina. Tim Waller spent more than three decades in broadcasting, spending 25 years at WYFF, the NBC affiliate in Greenville. He made the switch to school PR just over two years ago, and he's here today to share some of his insight and experience as he's lived in both worlds, which at times can feel at odds with each other. And media relations and media management is such a big part of what we do as school communicators. And I think it was really interesting to hear his perspective because he is just fresh out of uh, the business, as we would say. And he has a lot of great insight uh, and a lot of great tips and and guidance for uh, some maybe newer school PR folks or even veteran school PR folks who want to uh, get better in their practice. So we have a lot to cover today. Let's start the show. Welcome, Tim Waller, to School PR Drive Time. Thank you for being with us today. So we want to get the conversation started, talking a little bit about um, your journey through journalism, and then we want to touch on your transition to school PR. So tell us a little bit about uh, that transition. Yeah, what a what a journey, right? Uh, I, I was a broadcaster for uh, many, many years, as, as you said, 33 years in TV news, uh, 25 years at the NBC station in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Anybody who has ever worked in that industry or dabbled in that industry or knows someone who has worked in in TV news or really any form of journalism uh, knows there are some crazy days. There there are some crazy moments that that you live. Um, I loved almost every bit of it. I mean, at the time when I was gainfully employed as a reporter, I loved it. I thought I was pretty good at it. I, I love communication. I talk a lot. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, that bodes well in that type of an industry. Um, but I think for me, it, it just, it, you know, it got to the point where I, I'm an older man now. I had done it for so long. And I was running out of energy uh, and felt, my, felt I was working all the time. Uh, and I thought, okay, I need, I need something with a little uh, slower pace, a little, little easier pace that I can wrap my arms around and, and, and really dig into. Plus, I had been a reporter for so long, I, I just wanted to try something else. So uh, lo and behold, I found this great job working for a school system, uh, a big one, we're, we're the largest uh, district in South Carolina, 44th largest in the country, uh, to where the, my primary responsibility is to still uh, deal with the news media. That's, that's one thing I guess I understand uh, is reporters, the deadlines, everything they're up against. Uh, and I, I also get to do stories, but now it's 
positive stories, positive things happening in the school district. So I shoot my own video, I edit my own video, and I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a job tailor-made uh, for a, a former TV guy. You know, and I think your experience is a lot like a, a lot of school PR folks, uh, both Ellen and I used to also work in uh, TV and, and, you know, you make the switch to school PR. And I wonder, Tim, how does your, how did your experience as a journalist and that sort of kind of run and gun, you know, chasing stories, how does that translate to um, kind of your day-to-day in Greenville County schools? And how does that fit into the entire department? Because as you said, Greenville County is a big school system. Uh, and sure. so how does your past experience fit in there? Yeah, I, I, I think it translates pretty well to, to my job description now. Now, the, the, there has been a learning curve in, in some areas, and I'll, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But um, I, I think the local news media, I'll start there, has appreciated uh, what I've brought to this role. I, I say that because they told me that. They're like, ah, oh, you understand that I have no time to waste, that, that I'm gonna go live with this story at four o'clock today and five o'clock and do it again at six o'clock and, and recut it for the 11 o'clock and I'm gonna tweet it and I'm gonna put it on the web and, and all that good stuff. And so, so I hear repeatedly that they're, they're thankful that they're dealing with a PIO who, who understands the pressures. I, I think one of the biggest, um, learning curves for me has been the idea that when you're a reporter, your goal in life is to get the information as quickly as you can and get it out there to the general public. When you're in this role, you kind of want to slow down, make sure, uh, depending on what the situation is, if it's a breaking news story that involves a student or something that doesn't really, or, you know, uh, reflect well on a school system, it's just one of those tragic things that happens with a school, you want to make sure the proper people hear about it first. That's parents, that's uh, school staff and faculty. So, so we sort of now I'm in this role where we, we make sure the, the news media is the last to hear about it after other key people. Uh, but when I say last to hear about it, it's not like they're waiting a long time, but I, there, there are other people who are, uh, it's more important that they find out about certain things first. And then the way you say things, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a chatty person, and I was as a TV reporter, uh, and I just I, I, I think it so I say it. Whereas in this role, I want to make I need to make sure that my words are not only accurate, are, are, are the truth, but also don't give people the wrong idea about something. So, so I need to slow down a little bit, slow my role. That, that's really been the biggest learning curve for me. I'm getting better. I still have work to do uh, almost two years later, but uh, we're getting there. Awesome. Those are just terrific points to make, Tim. And it leads me to my next question, which is we know that there's always going to be somewhat of an adversarial relationship sure. between school communicators and reporters. But that relationship doesn't always have to be so contentious. So what advice do you have for school PR pros about taking some of that tension out of dealing with reporters? 
I think a good way to uh, cut back on some of that tension that, that naturally occurs is to make sure that you personally know each and every reporter that you deal with as often as you can. Now, if your phone rings and, and you're going to speak to someone from the New York Times or you know some distant uh, land, that, then you're not going to know that person. So uh, you know, proceed with caution. Uh, but but here locally in the Greenville, or, or I, really I should say the upstate South Carolina area, I make it a point to get to know each and every reporter and actually build. Uh, somewhat of a relationship with them to where when I have to explain to them, uh, you know, th th this story that you're working on uh, doesn't bode well for me, or I, I, I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, and it, it's something it's not something I want to participate in. I mean, I think a great recent example of that has been this uh, this bathroom challenge on TikTok that everybody's uh, talking about where kids go in and vandalize a bathroom. Uh, you know, this is a nationwide trend or the slap your teacher challenge, which has been a, a nationwide trend on TikTok. And we've heard of cases of this happening across the country. Thankfully, we haven't seen this in Greenville County schools, but I've had a couple of reporters say, hey, I want to localize this story and alert parents, of, you know, to this uh, TikTok challenge. And I'm like, you know, if, if this was happening here, I will own it and I will talk about it. Uh, but but I don't really want to associate with that story until I have to, because we have enough challenges on our plate. So I, I try to keep a close relationship with reporters. I think it works 90% uh, of the time. And I think uh, when I have to deliver disappointing news uh, to them about whatever story they're working on, I, I think they, they, they respect, at least respect what I'm telling them. And you said a, a great word that resonates with me and it um, ties into kind of other uh, topics that we've talked about, such as, you know, how, how do PR folks navigate crisis situations? Well, those relationships really are, are the, the foundation. And it goes, you know, I think both ways with the media and also with um, law enforcement and, and first responders. How would you recommend someone who is maybe new to school PR um, maybe never worked in television, not really familiar with, you know, the business, what are some uh, initial um, guidelines that you, that you would give them so that they feel comfortable navigating this world and not automatically wanting to put up barriers and say, no, reporters are bad. I'm not dealing with you. You know, no TV is bad. I'm not dealing with you. Cause that's, we all know that's not possible. Sure. Um, I, I would say one of the, the, one of the starting points and going back to the learning curve that I keep talking about. One of the starting points when working as a PIO for a school system is make sure your information uh, is, is accurate. And here's what I mean by that. I mean, obviously you want information to be accurate, but uh, as smart as I thought I was after many years of, of working as a TV reporter, you know, they say with TV reporters, you know a little about a lot of things uh, and that's true. Uh, so as, as plugged in as I thought I was, when I went to work for this school district, which is very large, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. I realized 
just how many moving parts there are to a school system. And it became abundantly clear early on that I could literally spend the next 10 years of my life learning about this school system and all of the programs and all the grants and the different types of teachers. I thought a teacher was a, a teacher, but there, there's instructional coaches. There's you know, everything you can possibly think of. And I'm still learning new things every day. So I would advise to the person who is dealing with the, um, with the pushy reporter that, <laughs> that's trying to get that information and they're up against deadline right now, uh, tell them they're just going to have to wait. You, you operate on your schedule uh, be respectful of a reporter's deadlines, but make sure the information that you give that journalist is accurate. So mm -hmm. consult your own people. And you've got a lot of, you're working with a lot of people who are smart and can give you the straight scoop on, on what you're dealing with. Uh, and make sure that information is doled out in a way that is going to best serve your district. Absolutely. I think it's, it's easy, you know, especially if you work with, you know, educators who aren't really familiar with the media, you really have to sort of help coach them and, and teach them to say, I know this is what you want to say, but we're going to roll it back and phrase it this way, you know, because so much of our job is, is image management. And, and it's just, it's two very different um, cultures as I've discovered. Yeah. So that's a great point, Stacia. And one thing that I found having worked in both the TV news world and the school PR world is that sometimes we have to coach our in-house folks in schools. They sometimes think stories are unfair that maybe aren't. Tim, what, have you had that experience and what do you have to say about that? Very often. Um, and and I, I think if, if we're all, um, fair about the topic uh, here in 2021, there's a lot of distrust of the media out there uh, and often for good reason. But um, so when I came here, I, I would encounter a lot of people who just, you know, right out of the starting gate, didn't want to have anything to do with an interview with a reporter that they didn't know. Of course, they didn't have that relationship. So yes, with a little coaching, and uh, explaining in, in greater detail what the story was about based on my conversation with that reporter ahead of time or asking that reporter maybe to put forth a few uh, example questions of what they're going to ask. Uh, I, I think I've had pretty good success uh, getting some uh, distrusting uh, school people to do interviews. And, and I think the result has been pretty good. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's a great point. I think the, the, the media sort of needs school and, and public schools and, and education as much as we need the media to, to get out our positive stories, but also to push out important information in a timely manner. And I think, you know, it's important to be able to strike that balance. And, and we've covered uh, all of that sort of on this side of the break where, you know, you want to tell stories that are important. You want to communicate with your families, but, uh, and, and you want to help the media because, you know, at the end of the day, we know they've got, well, in, in the case of, you know, YFF, you have, you know, hours of TV to fill each day. And so, you know, you want to, you want to help them out uh, and you want to be transparent and you want to be a partner with them. Uh, but at the same time, it's also okay to say, no, this story doesn't benefit us. This story is not our story. Uh, maybe next time. And I think that's, that's right. all okay. 
Absolutely. So we've had we've had a great conversation so far talking about tips and tricks uh, maybe for our newer newer school PR folks and, and how to navigate the media. And we want to uh, take a quick break now. And after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that uh, that we may face as we um, if you're making the transition from TV to school PR. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. This episode is brought to you by Thought Exchange. Thought Exchange is the only enterprise discussion management platform powered by patented anti-bias technology. Modern leaders use Thought Exchange to quickly gain critical insights and improve decision-making for their districts, whether you're engaging 10 stakeholders or a community of 10,000-plus people. Thought Exchange allows leaders to drive strategic discussions at scale. Since 2009, Thought Exchange has been helping school districts across North America validate and align on top district policies, address student and staff success, and build trust with their communities. Here at NCSPRA, we thank Thought Exchange for their continued support of this podcast and all of their efforts to support school communications throughout North Carolina and beyond. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time, and we're with Tim Waller, and we're talking about some of the challenges of making that transition from the world of uh, news media to school public relations. And Tim, I wanted to touch on something that if you've been in school PR long enough, you've probably dealt with a situation where you've had a bad experience with a reporter, a situation where people, where you just felt that the story was not fair for whatever reason. And when that happens, we know that we're still probably going to have to work with that reporter and with that news outlet. So do you have any suggestions about how to go about making that working relationship a little better down the road? Sure. Um, Yeah, uh, I, I, it's especially disappointing, as you know, when you uh, have you feel like you've gone out of your way to uh, acquire additional information to help this reporter uh, write their article or to to do their uh, on-air television story. Uh, you, you went the extra mile, you found the extra documents, you uh, talked to, to people within your own organization that, that you've never spoken to before, all for the, the sake of this report. And then to come to find out, uh, the report says something uh, radically different than you were led to believe the story was uh, going to be about. Um, I usually, I, I, I take a breath. I, I, I keep my cool when that happens. And then I reach out to the reporter and I say, look, uh, here's, here's the issue I'm having with this article. Uh, and, and if I have suggestions on what they could have said or should have said, uh, then I will make it. And I will say, you know, honestly, I insist that in your online version of this story, you make those changes and here's why. And you, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're correct in your, in your complaint or your concern, uh, I don't think I've ever spoken to a, a reporter who has refused to, to, to heed what you're saying and say, oh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I, I didn't really mean to, to phrase it that way, or 
Yeah, I get it. That headline does is a little bit wonky uh, <laughs> and could lead people to believe this or that. Right. I, I've had to do that a few times. Thankfully, uh, it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, but, but you know, look, I'm, I'm a believer in <sighs> human error. Uh, I, I will. I, I try to give a journalist the benefit of the doubt as often as possible. I understand they're under pressure from their editors, from their producers. Time is very often a factor or lack of time is, is often a big factor. I get it. We've all been there. But the story has to look, it has to be right. At the end of it all, it has to be right. Um, and so far, thankfully, I've never encountered anyone who has pushed back to the point of saying, you're crazy. My story is, is, is correct. And I don't care what you think. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> And do you think being uh, so sort of fresh from broadcasting, do you think is that process easier or, or harder for you? Because one hand, you know, the challenges that these that, that sure. TV news and, and print reporters face every day. But at the same time, you also have a job to help maintain the image of your school system. I, I think that job of, of reaching out to a reporter when I have grave concerns about what they've put on the air or uh, in their newspaper is actually easier because of those relationships I've tried to foster with individual reporters. You know, one thing about that that I, I did not mention earlier is the nice thing about developing relationships with the local news media is simply this. If you know someone at least well enough to where you can say to them on the phone or in person, okay, I wanna talk to you on background or off the record. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to explain something that you really need to know about this story. Mm -hmm. uh, not only do they appreciate it, but very often you can see their eyes open. And it's like, oh, okay, I didn't really understand all that. They were just uh, responding to a, 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 an email complaint from an angry parent right. or whatever that they received at the station, but you give them a little of the background on it off the mm -hmm. record or on background, uh, you'll see those stories sometimes do a 180 and, right. and take a very different tone. You, that's a great question. And I want to follow up on that and then I have another, uh, another quick question. So how do you work with um, maybe your team members who maybe don't have as much experience in TV or how do you work with your superintendent and your leadership team when you feel like you're at a point where you need to have that off the record background conversation? Because I know for me, sometimes that generates a little bit of heartburn because again, it, it's educators aren't as familiar with television and the inner workings, but, um, and, and certainly not to say that you need to be going off the record every day with, you know, reporters in your market, but when, when you get to a point where you need to, how do you, uh, pitch that case to, uh, to your leadership to make them feel good about it? Sure. I, I, I usually approach it from the standpoint of, uh, here, here's what I'm being asked and here's who I am dealing with or, or speaking to in this particular case. I, I know them pretty well. I've dealt with them on several occasions. I, I think they do a pretty good job at reporting the facts. So I would like to explain to them, I would like to give them a, a broader view of what's going on here. And I need to learn more about this topic as well. 
Uh, and so far, whether it's our superintendent, who is honestly the busiest person in show business around here, so I don't see him that much, or uh, really any one of our leadership team, uh, I, I find that they're very, they, they trust me. And, and I think they're, they're, they're thankful that they have me to go out there and <laughs> have the actual, right. actual contact with the reporters <laughs> and it's not on them. So right. that, that's, a, that's a bonus to them. But uh, I, I think they're very uh, happy to uh, bring me into the loop, tell me what I need to know to help this reporter understand what it is they're writing about or reporting about it. So far, so good, quite honestly. And and again, as a, a former uh, kind of switching gears a little bit to um, I'd like to talk about pitching stories to uh, TV stations. Um, you know, before we started recording, we kind of talked briefly about how broadcasting has changed so much over the last few years. And so um, kind of based on your experience as you were making the transition, what should school PR folks kind of focus on as they're trying to get those good news stories told and, and they're trying to be proactive about it? That's a challenge. Uh, and I think all of us know that. Um, you want them to cover the stuff that, that's positive and a you know, good PR or um, important information that, that our parents need to know. So you, you wish the news media would help you spread the word with that. Uh, but it seems like on most days, all they're interested in is the school that's on lockdown or the, right. the school bus crash where a couple of kids bump their heads on the way to right. school. I get that almost daily here. Um, but, you know, I, I think my advice would be use your skills as the former reporter to put a twist on there to, to where you think that will make it much more interesting to the reporter that you're pitching the story to. I find that news releases or media releases talking about some good news thing uh, or a teacher that has a unique skill or a student or whatever that I would love to see the local media cover. Media releases don't haven't really worked that well for me in mm -hmm. this particular school district. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have found through trial and error that I have more success pitching a story to specific reporters that I think, first of all, they, they, they love doing that kind of a story. Mm -hmm. and secondly, if, if they get a sense that I'm giving it only to them, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to go out and, and do it. And it's worked several times. You know, I mean, we ha we have some amazing things that take place in our schools here. It's just getting them to to bite. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a great, and, and it goes back to relationships. If you can, you know, forge some good relationships with uh, reporters, you know, they they've all got stories that they need to pitch at that morning or afternoon meeting. And if Absolutely. you give them lots to lots to work with, you know, you might get lucky. Ellen. Yeah, I was just going to follow up on that and ask if there if it kind of goes the other way too, toward your school folks, because if reporters get too many suggestions, sometimes I found that the school folks thought that any little thing was newsworthy, right. you know, that they right. had to come out and they would get their feelings hurt if the news folks didn't come out. So my thought was you had to be a little more selective 
um, <laughs> in what you pitch to them. Have you had that experience? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, it, it, it's funny because yeah, some some schools. You know, we have. I, I think if you count our four career centers, we have about ninety schools in Greenville County. So there's a bunch. Mm -hmm. And at each school, we have a designated tipster, mm -hmm. and that could be anybody. It could be the principal, it could be the assistant principal, uh, administrative assistant, or a media specialist or whatever. Uh, but, but each school has a designated person to kind of keep an eye out for interesting stories that we here in the communications department might be interested in. Uh, and and that's, I, I love that. It's a valuable resource for people like me looking for, for, for stuff to put out there. Uh, but you have some schools that, you know, they, they think you're going to come out to their school every day because of some new wall display in a classroom. Right. And it's like, right. well, you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's sort of a balancing act. I, I wish we could cover it all, do it all, but it's, that's just not realistic. And you bring up a, a great point, uh, you know, that I think I'd love to touch on just for, you know, PR folks who are listening and maybe uh, you're not over a, a large school system like um, Greenville County or like Buncombe County. We're about 44 schools and there's only three people in our communications team. So even that is a lot of ground to cover. And so uh, the, the advice I would give was, I love the, the tipster, having a tipster at each school is get them in the habit of just, you know, sending you stuff, but, you know, of course not having their feelings hurt if you can't come out and cover everything. Cause I always say, you know, the social media manager at that school can cover it, you know, cause, cause we all have a camera in our phone, we all know how to take a picture, you know, and we can all capture some compelling fun images that, that tell a, a great story about what's happening at a school. And I think you never hesitate to empower your schools to do that. That is a Absolutely. fantastic point. Yeah. And, and going in the other direction to those challenging stories, maybe even a crisis um, situation, can you think of an example of a story that could have been really bad that was handled very well by the school PR folks that so that the story that could have been terrible turned out to be uh, more of an opportunity than a challenge? Boy, yeah, that's and that's a big question. And I know uh, there are tons of examples of that. Um, and thankfully, all of this responsibility is not on me where I can, I still consider myself sort of the new guy here. Mm -hmm. My boss, who has been here for 16 years, who is the head of the entire communications department, wow, she is, she is good. So uh, an example, we, we had uh, yesterday, we had a situation where a local school uh, one of our schools uh, had to go on lockout, and for for your listeners who may not know what that term is, we locked the doors because of some law enforcement activity mm -hmm. outside of the school. It's mm -hmm. not a threat inside the school, uh, but in a nearby subdivision, there was a, a homicide that was reported. Um, so... We, we discovered uh, within a couple of hours that the, the woman who was, who was found dead in one of the homes, her child was actually in this nearby school Aww. that was on lockout. Was so just a, sad. 
horrible, horrible, sad situation. Um, this is a, is a story that had the potential to kind of spin out of control. Uh, parents were, were anxious. Uh, people initially were not sure what was going on. They knew law enforcement was in the area. Rumors started to fly. Uh, and many of those rumors were not true. So my supervisor, who has a wealth of experience as a, a school PIO, she had the foresight to write up, uh, almost in script form, a message for the principal at this little elementary school mm -hmm. to blast out to all parents, letting them know that all was well, uh, what, what was going on based on what we knew at the time, and that a, uh, a crime scene nearby the school uh, would have a direct impact on a child in the school. So please, families, be careful what you say to your children, because this child will be in school in the next few days. And, and so uh, that that email alone that she sent to the principal that, that then became the principal's message to the, uh, the, the local community there, I think it went a long way in diffusing a situation. Now, certainly at the end of it, 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 it's still a very sad story, but that's an example of how a school communications department can assist a school under the worst possible circumstances. And that's so important. Yeah, that it's important to to be that trusted person, uh, so that you know when a principal you know calls you and said it says X Y and Z is going on. You know sometimes they're just you know in panic mode. And so as as the school PR person, and obviously for you, you you're sort of channeling your inner reporter, and you know so you can you know act under pressure. Um, you can be that support for them, and I think that's a huge part of of what we do as school PR people. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In the in the moment, the principal is is dealing with uh, a lockout at the school. Mm -hmm. he's, he's talking to law enforcement. He has other things to do. Exactly. Than to, to think about a a, a well written message right. to parents. But so so that's that's what my supervisor here did. And wow, just such a great result. Well, as we are uh, wrapping up uh, this uh, half of the podcast, I um, do want to end with um, kind of kind of a big question, sort of uh, looking forward um, as as we sort of figure out as school PR people, how do we navigate um, this world that's changing and, and this communication avenues that are changing? So uh, the question to you is, do you see any major, any more major changes coming in the next five years that could impact the way we interact with the media? And if so, what steps could we take now to get ahead of those changes? Sure. You know, I, I think as we've seen with the media, let's say over the past four to five years, it, uh, is the media now operates at warp speed. Uh, there is no shelf life for a story. Things are reported now. The stories are broken on Twitter as soon as they are learned. And even if it's incorrect information, right. uh, the re reporters often argue, well, I can go back and correct it later if I have to, but I want to be the first to, uh, to break the story. I think people outside of the news media also have that ability 
because of social media to react quickly and very publicly. So over the next five years, I think we're going to see uh, this already frenetic speed of this uh, increase even more. So I, I think school communications departments are going to have to um, respond, learn to respond quickly uh, to have discussions about different scenarios before they happen. Don't just mm -hmm. wait for, for, for a, a crisis situation or what most of us would consider a PR nightmare, but be ready for it because it, it will happen. And, you know, I, I, I hope I hope society can find its way back to uh, a little more agreement sometime. But <laughs> we, we, I think we all know, uh, regardless of our political beliefs, uh, there, there, we live in a fractured uh, society mm -hmm. right now. There, there, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of division, and and I think some of that translate uh, even to distrust of school systems. You know, we've mm -hmm. seen that at, at, the, at the school district level. So I think the job, the role of the school communications team is more important than ever before. We're going to have to work faster, work smarter. We couldn't agree more. Yep. And I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Tim Waller, Director of Media Relations for Greenville County Schools in Greenville, South Carolina. Tim, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. Well, Ellen, that was a fun conversation with Tim Waller. I think he brings a lot of unique experiences now to his uh, new role uh, in Greenville County, working in the communications department there. We covered a lot, but the one thing that stood out to me um, the most is he, he talked about relationships and, and how important that is as school communicators and as we're dealing with the media. I, I think, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, it's it's so easy to sort of feel like we're adversarial between um, school PR generally and, and the media. And I think it's important to remember that we need each other and and one way or another we all need to learn how to get along and and i think that starts with relationships and being honest being open being flexible um being professional being willing to work with reporters both print and and broadcast knowing the challenges that they face in their jobs and the deadlines that they're up against. And, you know, Tim mentioned when a reporter is coming to you asking you questions, they have a producer and a, and a news director who's, you know, maybe feeding them questions and has their own expectations of the story that they end up telling. So to just be empathetic, understand the challenges that they face and sort of realize that if you can strike some good relationships, not only does that help you when you're trying to pitch your positive stories, but it helps when there's a crisis. And, you know, we need the media to get these important messages and communications out to families. And so we need each other. And the foundation of that is relationships. Absolutely. And the other thing that I loved that he said was when he talked about that natural tension between the two, he mentioned that in the world of news, everything is about getting it out first, getting it out as fast as possible. And so he lived in that world, but now he's in the role where he has to slow down. And in our role, we need to slow down to make sure that we're getting the information correct and that it is going out in a timely fashion 
but that we take the time to make sure that what we're sharing is the right information. And I thought he had some great ideas about how to bridge that gap uh, between that natural tension of got to have it fast to let's slow down and get it right. Awesome insight and great takeaway. So again, this is a great conversation with Tim Waller. And thank you, Ellen, for being my co-host today. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Love it. And thank you for listening to School PR Drive Time. We'll catch you next time.